Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comments and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited. This is the radio program dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money. I'm your host, Randy Barkley, and I'm the president of Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm, and we're located in Riverside. We serve the Inland Empire. I'm a certified financial planner, and I'm here with Jeremiah Lee. He is also a certified financial planner. Uh, We are fiduciaries. In addition to that, I also want to point out that Jeremiah is an attorney, and he helps our clients with legal matters, such as estate planning and other contractual things. If you'd like to know more about our company, I would really encourage you to go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Or just simply call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. Now, every week what I do is I divide the program into three parts. The first one is what we refer to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now, in the first segment of the program today, retirement update, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you rich or are you wealthy? Now, rich is defined as somebody who has high current income, and they kind of display their their wealth. The other one is, are you wealthy? And the wealthy would be defined as somebody who has the freedom to choose not to spend. You know, Jeremiah, we see a lot of people at the spectrum, but again, what we try to do is work with people that really have a desire to become wealthy, not just rich, right? Yeah, income is the strongest indicator of rich in your definition. Uh, we have a lot of clients who are, are rich in the moment. Uh, they they have expenses, they have, they have uh, income coming in. But but really, I would say the majority of our clients are ones who are not people you'd walk down the street and realize, hey, they're, they're a big spender. They're, you know, they're, they're normal There's people. There's not a display of their their wealth, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, they're hardworking, um, real <laughs> folks, folks you'd want to you know, spend time with and enjoy. Right. But they have made consistent, smart choices over time with their money. And, and a big part of that is the spending. Yeah. I think there's a spending on things that our clients enjoy. Um, and a spending on things that are just either keeping up with someone else or appearances or things they feel they ought to do. You know, yeah. Valentine's Day is a good example. You know, you, you ought to buy your wife flowers or chocolates, things like that. But if, if she doesn't appreciate that, then you're just spending money because somebody told you you should. Right. Um, it, it's finding that dynamic. I always laugh. My, my wife enjoys cards. And if I bring her a card on Valentine's Day, wonderful. Flowers, doesn't matter. And I think it, it's a good sentiment of finding the things that give them enjoyment and value, what you spend your money on versus what you feel society is informing you, you should. Right. Yeah, there's a quote here that I'd like to read um, to our audience today. And it says, money isn't a primary store of value. Money is a conduit of emotion and ego carrying hopes and fears, dreams and heartbreak, confidence and surprise, envy and regret. And the author is talking here about how people look at money and how it affects them, you know, from an emotional standpoint. 
And we always tell people we don't do we don't do genius work in our office. We just do work and it's constant work to be able to keep people on track to people, you know, to do the right investments, but also to make the right choices and decisions in developing that plan and strategies. And what we try to do is to structure it over time. Right. Yep. I think to acknowledge the, the, the importance of money, um, you know, people see their doctors and they're, they're talking about their hopes and the dreams, their future, their health. Um, and, and money is a similar category. It, it relates to what they see their future, how they see themselves currently. They see um, what, who they want to be, who they desire to be. And I think we take that responsibility very seriously in the sense that we are holding not just you know, the economic reality of their life, but their, their hopes and their dreams. And um, even you know, we don't get grades after school, but sometimes right. people use money and promotions as grades. Am I doing a good job? Am I, am I keeping up? But, but your comment about over time, I think is a really, really big one of um, a lot of our clients didn't have a moment where they got wealthy. They right. didn't have a you know, massive bonus or a lottery. They made consistent, smart choices over and over and over again. And with that, they've built a life that they love, that they're very excited about in the future. They're very excited about. And our job is to come alongside our clients to help them to continue that because you're going from having a salary an income that's consistent that comes into you every week or every month, whatever, and then going into retirement. And all of a sudden you go from this, you know, that uh, what I call the umbilical cord mm-hmm. of income is cut and you now have to live off of what you've put together. You may have pension, Social Security, but your investments are a key part of what you do. And it's how people perceive that and how that's going to take them into the latter stages of their life. Yeah. Right. And the latter side, we, we talk a lot. We don't often call it retirement. We call it um, kind of financial independence of where right. they're at. I mean, one, a quote we, we talked about is that Warren Buffett has made you know 95 percent of his wealth after the age 65. That's amazing. It just kind of blows your mind that he only had up to the age 65, he had made 5% of what he has. But then after age 65, 95% of his wealth came through. And I, th- I think for clients, uh, we had reiterate this, but even people who are not clients ours, you know, 65 and retirement is not the end, really. It's, it's the beginning, right? I mean, now you have such opportunity to invest your funds, to you know, adjust your spending to really fit the lifestyle you want, um, really do some planning and really make some good choices that, you know, often our clients, the balance they, they have at retirement is smaller than the balance they have at death. Right. Often that we're able to grow the funds at a rate that, that exceeds the rate at which they're drawing them down. Not every client does that. I mean, some have to use into their proceeds, but for many, um, that, that's a, a normal wealth accumulation phase right. if they've made smart choices up to that moment. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, going back on what Warren Buffett is a professional investor, but there was no retirement date. He continued doing what he had done in the past. And so when he crossed over to age 65 and continued on, well, the compounding effect took hold. Mm -hmm. Now, clearly he would admit that some of what he did, he was lucky. Uh, I would, I would venture to say that he was smart. His uh, partner, Charlie Munger, and he did some really good investing. They had proper selection. But on their side was time. Both he and Charlie Munger are now in their 90s and the compounding of their investments over time. And obviously, they're spending a lot less than what they're making. So they've been able to contribute massively to charitable organizations, not only here in the United States, but around the world. And again, it is the value going back to that comment. What does money mean to you? What's the difference between I'm going to spend everything I make every month? Or I'm going to put aside just enough to be able to build and have that retirement, you know, going back to your comment, building the life you love, you know, planning by the numbers and being tactical from the standpoint of developing a plan that will accomplish for you what you want. And, you know, what's what's really satisfying to see that plan 
unfold for a client, to see it over time. Now, I've had the opportunity to be in this business for nearly 40 years. So I've seen a lot of development over this period of time. But you're starting to see that, of course, at your end also with the estate planning and other things. And you see the legacy side of it yeah. going to their kids. And time is so valuable. There's time for yourself and there's time for your family. Right. And those you know, first priorities usually make sure the client has enough for their right. life. And once that's kind of done, now we start looking at the next generation and say, okay, what, what can we do that will benefit them? Um, yeah, time time is, I think, the biggest asset in investing. And so starting early, getting a plan early, um, it, that's the biggest, I think, benefit in building the life you love. It really is. And it's critical to accomplish all the goals that you're trying to, to meet for not only for yourself, but also for your family. If you'd like to know more information about this, just give us a call. Our phone number is 951 951- If you'd like to talk to either myself or Jeremiah, remember the first interview is always free. Stay tuned for my next section. We're going to talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as tactical asset management. I wanted to bring this subject matter in because there's um, we've gone through some volatility. Now, it's something that we really haven't been, been surprised by, but it, it undermines uh, investors' confidence. People that they thought they knew better, all of a sudden now they're questioning um, their decisions, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, Jeremiah, you and I talk about, do you follow the crowd? Is the crowd a distraction? I always like the conversation. Uh, somebody will come back to me and say, well, they said, and I'll say, well, who are they? And oftentimes it is something on social media, the internet, somebody mm-hmm. that really is just throwing out an opinion. And oftentimes it, it throws emotion. And so when things are not happening the way you expect them to happen, you know, the question is, do you fight or flight? I mean, what it, what what happens with your emotions and how it affects your decisions? Yep. And that, that we all have stress. We all have sure. stress in life. And specifically in the stock market, uh, we have clients, you watch your stock, there's going to be a day where it goes down, you know, yep. guaranteed. <laughs> um, it'll be a day that goes, it goes down. And it, it's like a, a punch in the face. You know, it's a, what do you do now? And um, the, the when you think of managing your assets, the stress causes that fight or flight mechanism. Right. So I'm either going to run away, you know, sell everything, get out. I need to distance myself from this, or I'm going to fight. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to do it better. Um, And for us, you know, we are that buffer for many clients. We are that that reasonable head because I've seen the stock market go down. You've seen the stock market go down. We've also seen it go back up. And the investments that we put our clients in, uh, we calculate what's called the required rate of return. We determine this is how much investment return you need for your specific lifestyle to achieve your goals. And we build them a portfolio that is geared to meet that return. 
The difference being if someone only needs 3%, we'll have a conversation. We might have them invested with a 4% target. And, and when the market they see in the news, it's crashing, everything's crashing, it's down. They may be down minuscule of that, you know, right. just a slight bit. Um, it depends on what they need for their portfolio. But, but with that, they see the news, they see the, the stress out there and it, it impacts us. We have that fight or flight moment. Um, and the question is, is what do you do? How do you have a strategy beforehand to not make poor choices? And a new client, I think probably the hardest thing is when a new client, I met with a young widow here recently and tragically her husband died recently and left her. I mean, she has, she has four children still at home. Uh, she has some key choices. There was some life insurance, but I could tell by the, the time that I spent with her, she wasn't the one that handled the financials. Uh, she didn't pay the bill. She didn't make those decisions. She depended entirely upon her husband and he got sick and he died quickly. Uh, he was healthy. You know, he was healthy prior to that, but the, the fear in her eyes and mostly because she was alone. Yeah. And the more that we're socially isolated, we see this a more, we see this again and again, you know, that's what happens with COVID. But she had nobody to, to talk to, to counsel with. And it's yeah. hard. It's hard to come up with the right, you know, what to do next. Right. And, and there's your ability to think through um, in a stressful moment is diminished. I mean, science has shown right. this over and over again, your, your ability to think clearly over, under stress. And I think in the stock market specific, I, I think of a, you know, if you're waiting in line for something and say you're waiting in a long line and to get tickets or whatever you need to get, and then everyone moves to a different line. <laughs> yeah. And you see the crowd migrating away from you and you're left in this line. You know, you begin questioning: Am I am I in the wrong line? I thought this was right, but do I follow the, the crowd? And that's the stock market. In the the moment that it's crashing, you see everyone else moving away. And what's interesting in that scenario, even when you verify that everything is you're doing is correct, you still question your decisions because right. the crowd has moved away from you. Right? Yeah, that's right. And if you're in a stressful moment, stressful moment, you're late. You have your kids pulling on you. You're in the line, and you see everyone moving. You may not have the time or ability to think: Is this really the right line? And you just follow the crowd. And I think that's that's the moment of stress to say, okay, I, I made a decision. I'm in a line. I'm invested. This is where I am. And everyone is moving away from this. Do I hold to what I thought was true and stay here? Or do I just follow the crowd and sell or exit or buy or, you know, go where everyone else is going? And in the moment of stress, it's a very hard decision. And so if you could, you know, in that analogy, if there was an, an attendant standing there and you could turn to them and say, <laughs> is this the right line to buy tickets? And they said, yes, it is. Your stress can go okay. way down. You can right. stay there. And we don't know the future. We, we're not the attendant, but we are the voice of reason and the voice of experience in that moment to say, okay, this is happening. Should we sell? And you know, there's times where we have moved our clients to safety, move them out of the market into right. what was a secure investment because we see- That's the tactical aspect of what right. we do for our clients. Right. We see things in the market that are, that are happening. There's other times where um, you know, some of these meme stocks, you know, GameStop and whatnot, you know, should I buy this? Or, or Bitcoin when it was you know, going high, uh, really high, should, should I buy this? The answer was those are speculative at the moment. There could be reasons to or not to, but in that moment, there doesn't need to be a fear-based jump in because everyone else or is doing it. Or a greed-based. Or greed-based, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> fear know. and greed, those go, yeah. those go hand in hand. And it's just, it just comes about, you know, it's, it's stress, you know, and we're talking about what happened here recently with the market correcting and all you saw across the board, if you watch the stock market, was red. You didn't see any green. You saw all red and you're thinking, my goodness, what's going on? And of course, if you're listening to people that are telling you we got a market crash, what I what you know what I call the panic pushers, the, you know the, the crash is coming, the crash is coming, and I'm saying we're going to have corrections. I've had clients ask me, "Are we going to have a correction?" And my answer is yes, <laughs> we're going to have a correction. I just don't know when. Right. So how do you you know you you have to live with it because right. in order to get gain, 
you've got to have the ability to go through the volatility. Right. And we're always in unprecedented times. We always right. are, we always will be. Yeah. You know, the right now the market is bumping off of highs, you right. know, new records. You know, at the same time, we have you know delta variants and and our economy is not reopening. We have these downward pressures, but we have new highs and we have the government pumping in all sorts of money. Yeah, you know, we got we got legislative issues regarding infrastructure and additional monies that's being pumped in. There's the anticipation, and then the news article says, Oh, the Democrats don't like this, or the Republicans don't like that. All of a sudden the market drops down 200 points. I mean, come on, folks, yep. be serious here. Yeah, it's going up and down. And so I think the the, the wisdom in this, you know, how do we deal with stress is to, what I think first acknowledge you're stressed, acknowledge that we're in a stressful market. Then second, you know, rely on the things we know, what, what's our game plan and, right. and stick to it and make consistently good choices over time. Um, and that leads us forward. So, you know, the, the, the fear selling or the greed buying, I mean, right. both of those from our perspective in a long-term investment decision are to be avoided. You don't right. need to sell out of fear. We don't need to buy out of greed. We want to make a smart plan that will, that will build a future. Yeah, and again, I think the decisions that you make and your portfolio um, going forward, you have to be, you have to build a plan. You have to build going on, you know, kind of stating on top of what you're talking about, Jeremiah, people need to build a plan and they need to stick to that plan. It's an architectural structure of your financial plan. And all of a sudden, just because you hear something or you feel something, you don't just all of a sudden change the layout of that plan. The plan is built upon solid foundational principles that will serve you well as you go through time. Yeah, and it has to be tactical. I mean, no, yep. no plan that we have is set in stone. The goals, the direction, the desires, the intentions, those are set in stone. Right. But the how you get there, that depends on the current market. And we're always moving. But, but like we said, we're not, we're not being reactionary out of fear. We're trying to be strategic. Right. If you'd like to know more about what we're talking about and you'd like to meet with either myself or Jeremiah, just call our office, uh, 951-684-7011. Remember, the first interview is always free. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org. Or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as News You Can Use. Our world has changed and it has changed because of COVID. And we have an event that's probably as strategic and probably more strategic than even 9-11 or even potentially even what happened in 2008. And we've got, we've got these events that have happened historically, but COVID clearly is changing some things. And there's an article, if you'd like to have a copy of this, we'll be, we'll be more than happy to send you out a free reprint of it, but it's called Seven Ways Our World Has Changed. It came out of an article out of the Wall Street Journal. It was published in June 26th, um, and we'd like to send it to you. But our comments regarding this is to, is to talk about some of these big ticket items. And one of the things that I think that really has going to change things from a long-term basis, Jeremiah, is the migration from, from urban areas. So, so they refer to it as the de-urbanization that's going on right now. Yep. And, and part of this article is to acknowledge that things have not just changed in the moment. 
Right. But they have changed. They've fundamentally changed and are expected to change in the future. Where they go, who knows? But but that specific comment of, of America's moving, you know, we're migrating uh, out of big cities into other areas. And some of it is simply a longer commute. I think one of the, um, they look through Zillow and, and Redfin and those types of websites, but seeing some of that data is that a lot of people are not moving across the country. You know, they're they're moving uh, a bit further. You know, they don't have to commute the same, same way. Some are moving across the country, but many are moving uh, a little bit into the suburbs um, to get a little larger house, something they can afford. Uh, different family lifestyle, but still might have to go in the office once or twice a week, perhaps, but not five days a week. And that, right. that's a systemic change. It's seeming to be different and it's it's pushed house prices dramatically, but it's, it's changing the way we interact. Yeah, it's it's been a, a shuffling of people moving around. One of the other things I think that we're going to see that's going to affect us for generations, and that is the the way in which drug development mm-hmm. is occurring. I mean, I think I think everybody was surprised as how quickly everybody was all hands on deck during this pandemic and the de- the development of a vaccine, not just by one company, but by almost every government around the world and multiple pharmaceutical companies that came up with some very quick. In fact, a lot of people have some alarms with this, mm-hmm. but it's an amazing event that's occurred. Yeah, I, I wonder what the impact will be on the FDA. Right. Um, the I had a client years ago that sold um, herbs and different um, medicinal type things. And the FDA, they, they're out of the U.S. United States. They would sell internationally. They had a massive international business because the, the 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 supplements and the contents had to go through the FDA. So in another country, they knew they were getting a certain type of weed or a certain type of fruit. Whereas if they bought it from other uh, countries, they they weren't sure exactly what was going to be in the bottle. Now the FDA, of course, made no comment on whether that worked for anything. But in that instance, it was it was clarified that this was actually what was in there. The FDA has been relied upon you know, by a lot of people throughout the world, not just the US, but they take a long time to process drugs. You know, some of these, it's a 10-year runway for some of this stuff. And I, I wonder what the pressure will be on the FDA. I mean, I'm, I'm not a medical doctor at all, and I, I don't know the, the studies that are needed the FDA requires to get a lot of this stuff right. into the hands of people to be used. I think they have a robust process. But I think the, I think the whole thing is regarding that is uh, it's going to change the timeline. And we're reading more and more about the development of new drugs, yeah. not just in the vaccines that dealt with COVID and the variants, but also in other things like Alzheimer's and such. And I think we're going to con- continue to see uh, probably a rapid development of certain yeah. drugs. Yeah, what science can do and then right. how we get it into people's hands and how we get it into treatment. Yeah, one of the other things that I think is near and dear to our hearts, and that is the crisis that's going to affect higher education. And of course, with COVID, most people started to do remote learning. That's going to change the outcome, we think, for the long term. It's forever changed. Uh, There will be some universities, especially the the large, well-respected ones, that will continue to to look Mm -hmm. and feel just like they did. Students will go to campus. But there's a whole group of universities that I think are really going to struggle with getting... um, uh, students online or in classroom and online having some hybrid item, and also with Google. I mean, they're 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 allowing certificates now right. of programming different stuff. The value of an education, um, I think, there's gonna be a question mark with it. Unlike prior years, of is it better to go to um, a, a trade school in essence through Google? Is it better to apply online? Is it better to attend in person? What does your freshman year look like? You know, some of the almost like the life skills you learn in kindergarten, right? Similar life skills you learn in your freshman year. Um, is that forever changed? And I think it, I think it will be. And I think what what's happening here is that COVID is changing. And of course, this this rapid development of technology and how it's interfacing in all of our lives. I know we've seen it in our office in uh, more than one way. But again, this article talks about how COVID has changed. And if you'd like to have a copy of it, we've only talked on 
just a couple of the items here that uh, we felt were significant and we had time to talk about. If you'd like to have a copy of the article, just give us a call at the office at 951-684-7011 or just simply go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances, the information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor.